no, no, no. Podcast. Thanks, guys, for coming out to the Jerk Practice Podcast. This is Cassius Ono's partner here, Dad Man. Just telling you, we really appreciate your listenership. Real quick, if you don't mind, I know it sounds like I'm beating an old rug here, and I know that I don't think that's a real saying. But uh, if you wouldn't mind just subscribing, downloading, rating, reviewing, and sharing the podcast, we'd sure appreciate it. Maybe even go hit the Jerk Practice Facebook page at Jerk Practice Pod, the Jerk Practice. And also, we have a new podcast on the Jerk Practice Network called Have a Good Night Court. And we kind of referenced the second episode of that one in this here podcast. But if you're listening to it the day it drops, which is Wednesday, the new podcasts don't come out till Friday. So we're sorry about that, and we'll try and keep that in mind. So now let's just keep hitting it. Whoa, no podcast. Hitting the podcast. Whoa, no. Hit it, Meg. Podcast. Practice, jerk practice, sketch boys love to reminisce, yeah. Who popped a balloon in here? Whoa! <laughs> Was it full of farts? <laughs> 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 oh, you can't get a better start than that. Uh, welcome to the Jerk Practice Podcast. Uh, as always, this is Casey. I'm Hans. And giving me a disgusted hangdog look. Who do you think filled that balloon with farts? It was it was my wife, Ash Gehring, over here. Hey, Ash, oh, welcome. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. She's extra farty. <laughs> Ugh, so from many. the balloons. I can smell it over the wires like a ghost. <laughs> Whatever. The... I'm out. <laughs> Thanks for joining. It was quick turnaround. Got her on, and then Thanks she Thanks for left. having me. It's been a while. I missed you. I know of of a uh, of Shadowrun fame. It's what was your name? Fenkel. What was your name? <laughs> Old Big Montana. No, uh, Nick Arizona. Oh yeah, Dick Montana. And but yeah. Real quick, since we're <laughs> thanking you for doing the episode, because we are thankful that you're joining us. Uh, I just want to thank Allison, who's been on like four podcasts, and I've never once said yes. thanks for joining. It's always great to have her. Like it's just there's it's my the self-centered fact. nature. It's like, of course, thank you. Uh, and, and I do think it is it is funny that her and I are never on at the same time. I know because she offends me. Well, she she should, but you're. It's like uh, it's like. Um, it's like a, a crusty Santa Claus comes to town when Allison comes. She brings like candied treats and she brought me a Mountain Dew. And I mean, it's like, I think she's trying to kill me. She's trying to. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. She's trying to line my heart with uh, the same plaque that's now on my teeth from that Mountain Dew. But. Um, <laughs> oh, oh. And my also, I'm, just, I'm, I'm hitting the top of the cast. Uh, we miss you, Henning. Our, our boy H-Bomb is out with the flu. He's got some kind of uh, sick. Maybe uh should maybe he shouldn't have uh um uh said all that shit about God, huh? I know. Maybe that's what somebody's sp- spite. There's no coincidence there, smote. Allison and Hen. It's true. He's been smote. Zeus has spoke. Dom says, "You you want proof of me? I'll give you it. I'll give it to you in the form of a of a tech of a techno lung virus, right on your face, neck, and chest. Into the with chest. a cold. Ride that. It was probably just a uh, uh um." Oh, I, I forget where I was going to go. Oh, I was thinking why I was sick. I was sick because 
like I had a little bit of a sore throat because I was I'm helping um, this. Uh, I shouldn't say the name of it. I'm helping this fitness studio move uh, locations because they're getting kicked out of their location in Long Island City. And part of it is they have this equipment. You know those rowers that have water in them. So we you have, have one. one. You have one of those. Oh yeah, yeah, they're awesome. I use I use the one at the Y. They are great, but you have to change the water out of them. And the way you they they want you to change the water is they give you this really shitty like pump siphon that doesn't really work. Oh, I have it. It's in my office. Yes. So it's amazing. I, I had to use I just used like an old fucking Midwest South Dakota hose siphon pump. Like you're so, s- sucking gas out of your enemy's gas tank. Of course. So I suck the water <laughs> that's been in there for two years, full of chlorine tabs and <laughs> oh, and, and, and and poultry bacteria. So just that. St- Tepid cistern of swished water. Yeah. <laughs> I was using the rower today. Those are good. I I mean, uh, uninteresting to talk about, but. Uh. <laughs> oh, it's, it's about as interesting as me using it while I watch professional wrestling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's my workout regimen. Get a hot three miles on that rower while I watch uh, men grapple. The way, you you know what you had mentioned and and I, it's been it's been like stuck like a like a like a popcorn hole in my brain that you may have discovered the greatest wrestling villain of all time or character. No, I discovered the unofficial slash official official jerk practice wrestler. Okay, he is the most as if he was birthed out of the the froth of our mind like that painting. He, like a clamshell open from our dreams. It's just, I was, I was watching it work like an, ep, an episode's an hour and you work out and cool down. You just watch the whole thing. This dude. So there's a villain and his name is, uh, like, uh, Bobby rude. <laughs> Bobby wears like the rude, like, oh, oh, like okay. rude dude. Okay. Uh, and the guy is, is great. Like he's a great heel villain. He wears the sequined, like bathrobe and he comes out and he has this like fucking uh queen-esque sort of like space rock and it's just like i am glorious i am victorious he comes down just total everybody hates him like he's perfect so he's a great bad guy and i'm just catching up because i don't know a lot about it and there i guess there's this hero that went out went out of fame from an injury his name is Cassius. <laughs> yes, it is. Oh, no. Cassius Bono? Oh, no. As in, oh, no, Hansi. Oh, no. Here comes a white guy who used Cassius Clay's first name. Oh, it's Cassius or Caucasian? <laughs> it's very Caucasian, actually. Caucasian number one. That's my wrestling his name, name. His name is Cassius Ono, and he has a chant, and everyone's like, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Is the softest bean shaped <laughs> dad you've ever seen. He <laughs> he's got this like beautiful long soft hair beard, but he dresses like a dad. Dad jeans, <laughs> New Balance. Like I didn't see him wrestle. Like they were easing him back in, so he's doing. He's cutting his promos, and he's got the jacket over like a burgundy T-shirt. Dad jeans, gut hanging over. I, I just Googled his image. That's why I'm laughing. He looks like he has, he goes home in a minivan. No, he's skinny <laughs> in that picture. <laughs> so 
so he, he got comes er- back <laughs> early on. Oh, so I was like, this guy, like, I just don't like, and he's, yeah, that's him right there. <laughs> he, he's got it. He's just soft around the midsection. So, and he's not super charismatic. Whereas this villain, Bobby Roode, like this guy was meant for oh, yeah. <laughs> being a bad guy. Like this guy's just, just good. Oh. He's like super great, like super bad guy. So he's with this like stilted. It's just a dad. It's just <laughs> dad man. But I hadn't seen him wrestle. He comes to the ring, and this is where you're going to love it, Hans. He comes to the ring, and his his ring attire is super the super small baby brief. Yep. The baby briefs, white. But his, jer- his, his top is like a child's medium uh, dream team jersey. Oh, nice. Like the USA Dream Team, but it's not, it doesn't say it looks like USA Dream Team. It says Ono. Oh, oh, so he right. took right there. Ashley has it. <laughs> All right, send me that picture because that's oh glorious no. Oh glorious no. So he with his beautiful got, long hair parted like he has short hair. That's supposed yeah, to part and, long hair at the part. Yeah. So Dream Team, like, he he is our age. Like, he would have been our friend in high school. Oh, sure. Because that's his. He's like, oh, yeah, you can make whatever you want. Tight Dream Team. And it's a basketball jersey. But when you see a, a kid's basketball jersey on a fat guy. Oh, sure. Just tight. Oh, just yeah. Just tight. Yeah, just and that material. You just you can imagine the sweat because it doesn't it doesn't wick away any of the sweat. It just holds it in pockets. No. So he's uh. just a long haired kidney bean. <laughs> Flopping around on the ring. After he does something, does he do the Al Bundy? Uh, He should, though. He Like you said it, Ashley, you're like, he looks like he drives a minivan. I think he sleeps in a minivan. (laughs) Most likely. Most likely. (laughs) What a great job, man. That's sick professional wrestling. Like the gig, you don't want to get too big. You don't want to be a a Randy Orton. I don't know who that is, just that name. You don't want to have to work out all the time. Oh yeah, no, he's been like physically fit for thirty years. Yeah, like, you don't want to learn. That guy lines. doesn't have a ton of fun. Then you end up hanging yourself like Chris Benoit from your own weight bench. That that's what the thing about the Cassius Ono is like. He clear like Ashley was showing me pictures as we talked. Like he was fit, but he was never cut. Right. So he is aged appropriately as a lot of like white middle aged yeah, men. Fluffy. He's fluffy. He's been fluffy. He well, gives good hugs. Somebody He looks like a guy that gives a good hug. <laughs> it's for men and women alike. Obviously it's more and I how could I relate, but it's more uh uh perpetrated towards women the the body image thing like and I'll just go from my side. Who's the scumbag or scumbags or community of scumbags that said cuz this this new like cut like weird body proportion that's pretty new maybe late 80s because there was always been like look at that hunk but hunk just meant like beefy and strong and that certainly didn't mean like like chisley that just meant fucking beefy and now all of a sudden it has to be chisley fight club dip yeah that's the first time i remember seeing it and people commenting that the dick dip from the yeah like i'm doing it and it's contouring my Cassius Ono guys. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, like he and I are going to SummerSlam this this summer. I think I think oh no, not SummerSlam. I think the next WrestleMania is in like Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
It's like in Pontiac, Michigan. Um, no, yeah, I don't know. So obviously, and then the same goes for like women. Like all of a sudden now it's not okay to have a little like fucking meat. It's everybody's like, it's just the worst part is the only way to get that way. You can work out all you want. The only way to get that way is by not eating. And that makes you, that makes you sick. That makes you sick. Yeah. Even if it doesn't make you like actually sick mentally, if you're hungry all the time, you're just not healthy. Like you're not in a good, you're not healthy to the environment, the people around you, who you are, probably physically. But like, just think about that time where you realize that thing clicks in your head throughout the day and you go, oh, fuck, I should have eaten about two hours ago because I'm fucking ornery. And it's because I don't have any sugar in my blood. Oh, yeah, just to swing from that. No, the body type, you know, and the, the images and stuff, like, I, I, I can speak to that, obviously, being a woman. And I think it, it has to be one or the other. You have to either have absolutely zero body fat, or you can have some girth to you, but it has to be a perfect hourglass right. Proportioned figure. girth. Like, almost like a, a Barbie. Like, you could... You know, it has to dip in in the middle and then out. It has to be completely symmetrical and so on and so forth. And it's so funny, Hans, that you would mention it because um, maybe it's just because there's a lot of ranch here. But it's something that I think of so far less now that we live in Ohio. Did you say because there's a lot of ranch? Like ranch dressing? dressing? Yeah. Really? There's just a ton of ranch. Yeah, yeah. It's, put put ranch on anything. You can get a salad. You can get a hot dog. You can get a hamburger. It doesn't matter what you get. You fried Oreo. Put it with a side of ranch, and someone will eat it here. Best dip. I mean, um, but that's. I mean, that's not. That doesn't seem strange to me at all because that's exactly what. That's how I act in everyday life. But that's I how I grew up is ranch. And anybody that's a real ranch fan knows Hidden Valley is some bullshit. That's the at- the quantity of ranch here is what really. What really hits you, I think. It's uh, alarming. There's definitely, yeah, there's a cultural divide, uh, certainly. Yeah. I don't know, Casey, if you think that way. But, and I think it's for I don't guys. I the ranch too. zones are, but you guys don't have the ranch zone. And- I think it's for guys, too. I mean, you know, people look like Cassius and then some all over the place, and they're the quote unquote hunky people here. Well, they're hunks of something, all right. Oh, hunks. Hunks of chunks. But- hunks of ranch. <laughs> I guess there's a medium. I mean, to me. No, it's- but I, I really do think it's. There's a well, one of the funniest times for me is you and I, we, when we did that summer, I'm going to use it very, that summer comedy tour we did. Yes. Okay. <laughs> when we did, we did a uh, sketch fest in Milwaukee and we drove from New York to Milwaukee and then back and we did shows in between and it was a, a fu- as fun as hell. It, I had a blast. Yeah. But there was that one day and it's arguable like. That was the fittest I've ever been in my life. Okay. I don't know about you, but it was me, you, Mitch, and then uh, a jerk practice member, Megan Gerlach, yeah. like, who's a dancer, so she is fit. And we all went to the beach, and I felt like I had we- I went to Valhalla <laughs> because everybody there was 6'7", and all the dudes were jack. We That's went to the like we went to the Great Lakes. We went to Lake Michigan. I forgot. And it was like on the shores that. of Lake Michigan. Everybody was tall like all the women were statuesque blondes, like warrior women. All the men were buff. And yes. I'm like, I'm not a short guy. Right. And I'm not small by any means. And I that was the most fit I've ever been. Like 
I felt like I was kicking sand in my own face. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that now. I'd forgotten all that we had went to the beach. It was kind of like there's you nothing just in the beginning. There's I was, a, yeah, it was always. There, there's a big difference between uh there's a big difference between beach uh between uh lake beach and ocean beach. Oh yeah, lake beach. That water was the coldest. Like I dove in cuz we're like it's the beach. Other than getting kicked in the testicles, my testicles have never hurt so much in my life because yeah. the water was that cold. Like, frigid. We dove in, and I brought my grandfather's swim trunks, and it's like 50s skinny guy swim trunks, and they they look pink, but they were orange and red striped. Because I was skinny enough to wear them. I come from a family of Cassius Ono's. Like, when you're skinny enough to wear those swim trunks, you wear them. And we dove in that water, and I went down and came up, and I had a it hurt in the pit of my stomach because my testicles hurt so bad from how cold that water was. That's right. And then all these hunks and hunkettes are on the beach mocking me as I'm like, my my testicles hurt. And they're like, of course they do. You you don't belong here with us in heaven. You have to you have to protect your testicles with some ranch dressing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Anyways, body image like that was I was just like in the pantheon of physically fit people. Yeah, there's that, but you know, I mean, I guess it, it's. But that was like Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Like they, it's good to aspire to being healthy, uh, but there's a weird. Uh, uh, there's the concept is that healthy, it, you have to physically look healthy, which I don't think is true at all. You can be, you can be a big, you can have some weight on you and be real damn healthy. The idea is like it. I think it's all moderation because I don't know. You know, I'm in oh, yeah, I'm totally. in like I'm in the fitness world pretty regularly. I teach yoga, I do all that stuff and there's no the 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 person the person that in my uh I I can't make judgments cuz I'm not. But as far as as far as well-being goes, the cut quote unquote cut buff bulky dude is actually the person who tends to have more ailments. Like when I when I start a class, I say like is anybody feeling any injuries? Anybody? And it's always like the guys who lift weights and stuff that are like, yeah, my knees hurt. My lower back hurts. Uh, I'm not flexible. This or that. It's like, well, yeah, because um, that's not like um, not ne- the way we work out. Let's just say in this country with weights and stuff is not natural. It never has been. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? People were always fit and lifting heavy weights. But they were doing it in such a way, in such a natural way. I'm just thinking of moving like rocks to build the pyramids. Like in the way you do that, you're moving, you're stretching your muscles, you're lifting, you're doing different motion. You're not just going clank, clank. Like that just, that just, um, takes your muscles and, and atrophies them essentially, even though they get bigger, like they just like tighten to the point where like you can't stretch your arm out. It's like those bodybuilders to work their calves, like, because they're so manicured with the muscle structure, like, they just wear ladies' pumps. Like, they wear (laughs) pumps because they can't... Serious? They can't strain their calves. Like, the power, like, the Arnold Schwarzenegger-style powerlifters, 
because everything is stretched so thin. Like, they don't do calf exercises like LeBron James would to dunk a basketball. Right. That's crazy. Because they can't heft that weight on those calves because it's too top heavy. They're too heavy. That's so. So they wear like horrifying. They it used to be pumps, but now I'm sure it's like lifters. But in essence, like they walk around with pumps to work their calves into like lean. Beautiful calves. I hadn't thought of this in a long time. Do you guys remember strength shoes? Yes. Yes. My brother, those, my brother, my brother, Jesse, was like a champion triple jump, long jumper. He's like a junior Olympian. He it, Just like my other brother, but like Jesse is definitely the most athletic of my family. And like my, my dad, like me, which I think where I got a lot of this from, has a very um, obsessive, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but like singularity obsession. So like when he finds something, he's going to go for it. It's the same with me. Like, oh, I'm going to, I got into like collecting presidential memorabilia. Yeah. I take myself to a point where like, it's almost like an addiction where I have to like hold back. Right. And it can happen with anything. And he did that with me with like, with like baseball cards and stuff. Right. So he's like, oh, you want to collect baseball cards? We're going to fucking collect every baseball card there, you know, just obsessive. So with Jesse, when he found out like that one, like he was, he uh, was very athletic and two that he had a lot of interest in this. Like he was like going to build a triple jump thing in the backyard with like ground up tires and a track. But he also bought these strength shoes, which I don't know if you remember at the time. Uh, it's weird how like, you know, cause it's early, it's mid nineties. But these shoes were still like $250. Yeah. And all strength shoes are, are regular tennis shoes. They didn't even go, like, they didn't even work too hard on the old design. Like, they are regular white Mr. Rogersy looking tennis shoes <laughs> with an anvil glued to the front, basically. Mm -hmm. No, seriously, my dad was really into he would wax and wane but he would have periods of you know obsession with working out and during one of those periods he was also a very cheap and frugal man he decided to give <laughs> himself that and he he just had a you know a crappy old pair of running sneakers oh, shit, yeah. and he duct taped like tiny little things to them to weight them but good for him yeah but that's and that's what, what he did yeah. and like because he, he didn't go out like that it was just he worked out you know in our basement he kind of set up a, a whole system and and yeah and he would you know we had a huge backyard so if he wanted to you know walk or jump or do anything like that he could do it in the pri we had privacy fences like no one had to see it but yeah that dude just duct taped homemade workout equipment is the thing of nightmares but it's also amazing like we had the and there and you know what from my experience like the always the homemade equipment is way better than the shit you can buy like we had this oh, it yeah. was just like a dowel rod my dad drilled a hole through the center of it put some twine on it and then put like a uh, uh wrapped up like two metal weights at the bottom and all you did is you stretched your arms out and you just oh you twist it twist it yeah. rolled it up it's, a, it's, it's like a it's tough thing. yeah, yeah. I don't know why you need to strengthen your forearms like that. So I could win an arm wrestling at middle school dances. It was but. a baseball thing. Oh, yeah, you're right. And yeah. Ashley also pants about the jerking off. I, all right. Take a hot, hot drag on that old, old trouser snake. Ashley, go it's shine your six pack with the other jocks at <laughs> Lake Michigan making jerk off oh, jokes. No. 
Cassius Ono over here. I didn't know you were going to say it's it. It's really funny, so though. I That's why I brought it up. It. <laughs> you got to say it out loud. I did it under the table so Hans couldn't see it either. Trying to do, trying to do. Uh, now I get the, I get the Casey treatment because it's two on one on this side <laughs> instead of me and Han on, 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 on you. Jerk off. No, jokes. but those are the best. Like we had mentioned a few episodes ago about the, um, uh, fucking Chuck Bronson, like having the strongest hands. Like that is that era of like. I have a workout just to for my forearms and my hands. The thingies. Yeah, your dad had, had my dad the had same. those. It's just those really cheap. I mean, I'm sure they were everywhere at the time. You can't find them anywhere now. Gripmaster. It's just the hand squeezers. Yeah, my buddy, our buddy uh, Adam, Adam Van Conant, who you know we we loved new growing up. But we also roommate roomed with him, who's like just this amazing. He's basically he's a guitar god. He's uh he's like he's that guy who just can pick up and he's the guy who's allowed to call guitars axes because he can pick up any fucking guitar, play it underneath his legs, behind his back, no problem. It's like but he also he earned it because you remember yeah. every Sunday our friend Adam who at the time probably owned like seven guitars or something, he yeah. would take each guitar, I'm going to sneeze, but hold on. Excuse me. Bless you. Thank you. He would take every his ritual on Sunday. He would buy a bottle of anisette, which for any of you yes. that don't oh, know yeah, is yeah. like a, a, a it's like a sambuca. It's black licorice fa- flavored liquor. He'd wear his bathrobe, get his anisette, put on old like jazz records or something maybe even more bizarre for what. And he would take all the strings off of every one of his guitars. Lube grease like special guitar grease for the grease of the necks. Clean around all the knobs and knoblies with like Q-tips and like alcohol. Restring all the guitars, retune all the guitars, and that was like his Sunday ritual. And the rest of the week, when he was just like watching TV or doing something, he was playing with a grip master, so he could uh, tooling around on that guitar. Yeah, yeah. So he could. Uh, That's how we. He was in a. A band, a, a great band, uh, and they were kind enough to play uh, one of our comedy shows. And of course, th- they closed. Holy! We had a shit. really good show that night, and those guys played. And I was like, "We had a good fucking show. It was awesome." And then those guys, like the audience we got, was great for us. And they're like, "Yeah, we're a rock band. Cool. We're put on a good show. Whatever." Like Adam's playing guitar, and then that moment where he goes. And he swings it, and the guitar swings behind his back. And he's playing guitar behind his back. And I was like, there's no hope for me in this world. Yeah, I thought that same thing. <laughs> like, we I had the heard... greatest comedy show of all time. And he's just like, yeah, man. Yeah. Rock and roll is way cooler than comedy and always will be forever. Time immemorial. We could pack Madison Square Garden and do, I don't insert name of sketch here, boner tuxedo shoes. And... Uh, <laughs> And make right that one hundred thousand people laugh, and Adam could go to uh, in the Otter Stop in Minneapolis and play a show for six dudes, and he'd still be miles cooler than us in my book. That's that's what they say though. Like all comedians want to be rock stars, and all rock stars want to be comedians. But Adam was, but the problem with that is Adam was funny as hell, so he's way funnier than us too. 
<laughs> it's true. All comedians want to be rock stars, and all rock stars want to be better rock stars. That's <laughs> like, what I was just going like, to say. I was like, eh, is that how it goes? Our buddy, yeah, Adam had, like, Adam's, like, was funny. Like, he's the guy that can always, like, he's, like, the social the social funny guy who, like, can make anybody laugh. He's always got a joke in his pocket. But what makes him funny and um, uh, a reason I admire him is was just the way he goes about life has always been in the most casual, like, he just doesn't – I never saw – unless it was me, unless he finally, like, I – like, the Chinese – the human form of Chinese water torture that I am. (laughs) <laughs> could finally him get down. him uh get him going and like rile him up like i think i'm the only guy he's ever gotten into fights with because like you can only take so much of me but uh <laughs> just like 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 i don't know i'd be stressed out for a day and i remember i'd go to the bar in minneapolis we used to live by this bar called liquor lyles and i see adam in there and he would have i remember it was the first time i was introduced to this tequila called patron and he was in there he's like Loophole the wrong guy found out about. Patron, they are only selling it for $5. It's two for ones, but you can order four. He had like eight like glasses of Patron <laughs> lined like, up. It's and like I was the like, beginning of Raiders of the Lost Ark, except he's playing the game against himself. Yes. He's looking at the mirror, his mirror image. But also, I was like, it was like a Monday evening, and I was like, what are you wearing? And he just had a tuxedo on. <laughs> Because he found a tuxedo at a thrift store. So he's like, yeah, I, just, I'm, I wear tuxedos now. <laughs> I was like, all right. So it's just like, that's like, a, it's a very uh, um, he will, he will esoteric way to live life. It's a good way to go. Because uh, it seem, seemed to be every other Halloween, he was just Doc Holliday from Tombstone. <gasps> oh, yeah. yeah. That's why you could never meet him until we're married. Or Charlie yeah, Chaplin. Yeah. Yes. I, just, I was just thinking. I was like, "Why did I never meet this guy?" Now I know. Hope oh, maybe yeah. maybe you can meet him at at uh, the wedding. I don't know. I mean, that's a lot to ask for for him to come out. I haven't. I was speaking with him uh, like two days ago, um, via text. Via text. I need to and actually course, call him. His job now is he is he is a radio guy. Of course, he works on the radio. So not only is he funnier than us, he, he's, he's a rock funny. star. He's a, funny he's he's a better a radio voice. personality than us. I'd say we get him on the podcast, but it, he he couldn't stand it. He'd kill himself. He'd, our iPad would explode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so what were we talking about? Working out? Oh, yeah. So, oh, uh, we just recorded. I get, You know what? Cross promo, baby. I don't know if I should do it. It's pretty cheap. Uh, <laughs> go check out Have a Good Night Court. Episode two just came up now. We were talking about on it. The Jerk Practice Podcast Network. On the Jerk Practice Podcast Network, it all relates, but I was telling you guys, so as we sit here talking, before we started recording, we did that episode earlier today, uh, pr- just before that, I had caught my finger in a shower in in a quite nice fashion and sliced it open to the point where I was, I was saying, it's 50-50, I think uh, if you're a responsible adult, you'd tell me to go to the hospital. Go to the doctor, sure. Yeah. If you're... A member of the jerk practice, you'd probably say, are you kidding me? Episode two of Night Court's too good to miss. Yeah. So <laughs> as I sit here, it's almost like I can visibly see the infection going up my hand. It's not infection, but the shooting pain that is now starting to come up my arm as my finger swells to the point it is, is um, 
is beautifully intense. And the blood's starting to, <laughs> to spurt through the masking tape band-aid I have. Oh, you used, you ran out of coffee, the coffee filter band-aid? Did you band-aids? put anything on it? I hate to mom you right now, but did you put like a like a, a neosporin? Let, did you wash it out? Did you rinse it out? He uh, let his dogs lick it. I well, it was at the Y, so I had the homeless. <laughs> I woke a homeless guy up at the hotel that's staying in the room above. Can I use your poison to clean my wound? Uh, no, the reason I I did put a little like um, hand sanitizer. Well, first it happened while I was in the shower, which was horrible because I didn't know what to do. Like I was like, the reason it happened real quick is. I was in the shower uh, at the YMCA <laughs> after giving a, a, a hearty homemade weight hand pump. And so this shitty shower, it only it has two range. Well, it has three ranges. Perfect temperature. So scolding hot that you uh, are, are you scream or ice cold. But it also has a, a heavy um, handle. So. If you put it at that perfect temperature, it's gonna the weight of the handle is gonna pull it one of two ways: scolding hot or icy cold. And what happened is I had it set, and that weight of the handle pulled over to scolding hot, and I flinched and I quick uh, raised my hand and I caught it on a on a soap dish, and uh, it, it I hit it so hard that it didn't like slice open. It just like. I don't know, like a brick fell on my hand. So the reason I didn't put any neosporin on it because it was it, wet, so it's tender, so it just went. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, that germs can't possibly get into it if it's wet. And but it's I'm just so, saying that's the reason. It's, well, it, it's such a gaping wound Back off, man. that you can see like fat and bone that I didn't want to put neosporin into my body. So I'm like, I just made sure to tighten it up so the two pieces just, can. <laughs> It's. I was thinking like World War Two. This is how much of a pussy I am. I'm like, well, this is a World War Two wound because I can see fat. Because you can. In the why. What what's that What's that part in Saving Private Ryan? Mama, mama, mama. I cut my finger on a shower in Bath Stone. I got I got a Giovanni Ribisi. <laughs> that is still the hardest scene to watch, man. Um, I could use a, that was me. I could use a little more neosporin. Give it to him. <laughs> uh, anyway, so as I sit here, you know what? I I do it for the love, you prostitutes, because uh, this baby is this baby is feeling hanging. Holy shit! What else is going on, guys? Uh, we uh, I guess we could talk about the Comic Con. Oh yeah. fuck yeah! Uh, the highlight of the Comic-Con, you got to partake in some of that fun. Is it the booth next to you? Yeah. That was the highlight. Uh, so we, two weeks ago we did the uh, local Comic-Con, the small press, an alternative space. comic expo. Space. 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 It's in a really. All right. <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> All right. We're going with the bit. <laughs> you guys been working on bits behind my back? Yeah, we work on a, this is our space bit. You got jerk off you bits, see, you got space bits. What's next? Airplane what, food? What what you can't see is we're 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 both wearing gold lame matching gold lame outfits and we're shimming around the microphones. You guys are like those that scumbag old couple in LA that play piano at some like pizza <laughs> restaurant. The cover songs. No, they're they're doing a a re-up of 
of Dirty Dancing. We're the old couple that steals all the stuff that goes oh, from camp to camp to steal all the things. That's us. Couple of Don Fells over here. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it's a small press expo, and it's in a really it's a it's a sadly cool part of town. Like you, you'll be bummed out by like it's like where all the malls used to be. So it's just like fucking teenage Dead. wasteland like yeah. nothing like regular we driving by. ashley's like oh that's where uh, that's where the cool mall used to be oh that's where that was and it's just it's horribly run down and very very sad um so it's in this uh but there's this great off art center like just off the beaten path of it that's pristine and brand mm-hmm. new but no one knows where it is yeah. so it doesn't matter it's behind a menards <laughs> of course uh, so we go and it's uh, uh, you remember my the, buddy. Do you Je- remember the Menards guy? Oh yeah, the guy who, who kind of looked like the Wen- Dave Thomas from Wendy's. Yeah, but he he was like a cross between Dave Thomas from Wendy's and the the financier from Boogie Nights. Yes. Oh my God, he <laughs> totally was the guy who gets told caught me, with told like, me she's uh, eighteen child pornography. <laughs> Anyways, I, I'm just saying the guy from Menards was a. Um, Pedophile. Go ahead. Oh, you don't know how close you are to where we're going with oh, yeah. the financier from Boogie Nights. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we go in and uh, my buddy Josh, who I do a, a, a webcomic with called All That Is Lost, uh, he lives in Nashville. Uh, so he came up. I know him from college. We went to, we were roommates. Personofmerit.com? Personofmerit.com. Uh, webcomic is All That Is Lost.com. Okay. Uh, so we're setting up our booth, um, just getting shit organized, and everybody's coming. It's you know typical Comic Con folks. Like everybody's got carts full of like long boxes of books and their stuff, and everybody's setting up their banners and putting their <clears throat> uh, table covers down, hanging up stuff. Everyone's kind of set up, and all of a sudden, like it was. We were talking about wrestling earlier. You can spot a heel. This guy should have had a boa on. <laughs> Comes in. Bald. Mutton chops. Oh bean shaped. Like he's shaped like a cartoon, like Donald the Duck. You know, the way he's shaped where it's like all butt and hips. Oh, and like boy. a little tiny torso. So this he, this guy waddles in. And he's just got his like little coffee. Little cup of little little tiny coffee. What's he got? He's got a, a Puerto Rican espresso. <laughs> just this tiny, just sipping on this tiny glass. Pinky out. Pinky out. Like oh, this guy. Wait, like I said bald button chops. He's got a regular house coffee cup. This is a big thing in Brooklyn now, right? By the way, he's got a ceramic house coffee cup or a glass coffee cup, or he has like a coffee from a coffee shop. No, he's got his own, it's like a bell jar glass, the tiny ones. Hold it, we've been gone, not but six months, not even, and you're telling me that the new thing is to walk around with a like a glass mug from your home? It's to walk around with like a I Heart Monday's ceramic mug with handle. You're rocking the Garfield mug on the street? Everybody's rocking mugs now. What do you carabiner that to your pants that's when you're amazing. done? The, well, the thing of, that's what that's my thing. It's like, all right, I'm I'm down with um, eco friendly. I printed my wedding invitations on recycled paper for an extra fourteen bucks, even though it's bullshit. Um, 
I uh, uh, I, I get the conservation aspect of it, but I, I mean, even though I don't drink anymore, I'm still one of the shakiest. I'm still a shaky. I, how can how, I can't even walk down the stairs with a mug of? I can't. What do you? How? Yeah, I would never. It's it, like not also. Even... I just I'd get so sick I wouldn't know where to. I just leave mugs. Yeah, we have a shit ton of mugs. Like that's perfect we have a shit for ton us. Of mugs. No, it's like, not. I don't want to lose my mugs. To go out into the world with these mugs, but like a a proper mug, are that's. It's That's very hipsterish, job. but how you? I guess maybe they don't take the subway. How you, you want to go on a? You want to go on a fucking? I would. I'm gonna. <laughs> I would kick that coffee mug out of that person's hand if I saw them walk in next to me with a mug of steamy Joe. Well, that shit gets close also, to me and spills. Well, also, yeah, that's a that's a travel no no on the subway. You see anybody with an open container of anything, and especially when it's crowded, there's just a ninety nine percent chance that that's gonna spill. It's a hundred percent. The train jolts. Yeah, you're you watching can't. Golden Girls on your couch and you almost no, spill no. on yourself. Oh my god! Yeah, I spilled coffee yesterday. Like nothing worse than when you spill a beverage that has just been filled to the brim. I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is. It's so frustrating. God. Um, you, I uh, I have sw- I have sworn. Were to you the Michael guy. J. Foxen? Yeah. My, what does that mean? Parkinson's? <laughs> yeah, were you shaking? Right now? No. When you, when you <laughs> well, that's because you got an injury that you should have seen a doctor for. I know. You're I hope shot. I don't get any of those Parkinson's germs in here. <laughs> From Leo and me, the Leo and me shoot. All right, crossover, crossover. If you want to get that reference, go download Have a Good <laughs> Have Come a on, good check out Have a Good Nightboard night on, on the Jerk Practice Podcast Network. No, it's but, free. Okay, so Except for if you want to watch continue. the episode. All right. So this uh, little little porky piggy looking guy with mutton chops <laughs> comes in and he's got and it's just a little mason jar, little tiny jar with a lid, and he's this man is very languorous with all of his movements. Like he's going for to open his thing and it's pinky all the way down to index finger. Like everything is just a to do. He's very snaky. He's be- <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, so he comes serpentine. in and he's got his serp. Yes. Very serpentine. Uh, so he comes in and he's not like, he's sort of directing traffic and there's clearly his son. This kid looks like him, but just like a normal Midwestern kid, basketball shorts, Big giant basketball shoes, sort of the <laughs> beginnings of a mustache. Oh God, he's Brandon Dancy. He's very Brandon Dancy. He's very much in that like. And that was the first thing I noticed is I was like, this kid is really excited to help his dad. Yeah, oh, nice. And his dad knows it. Like this is a treat. Uh-oh. You do what I tell you. Oh fuck. So this like kid, this teen awkward teenage kid is setting up this booth and I'm going to use the phrase setting up the booth very, very liberally. Okay. So around us and it's all independent creators are setting up doing their stuff. This guy puts a basically like faux lambs, lambs wool chamois over the top of his table. Uh huh. (laughs) Takes a, like a bucket dumps his bucket on the lamb, this lush lamb's wool. And they're those little dumb, dumb suckers. Okay. Yeah. And then he starts putting out what he has to sell. 
And what he has to sell is books. Used books? Uh, they should be. Uh-oh. Used uh-oh. for- Let's a, hope not. Used for the old outhouse hole. Because <laughs> we're going to get there. So he's setting up, and you can see he's just like fucking mayor of hot dog town. Like, he's just like everybody just making eye contact, just sassing with everybody. He kind of, you know, like snakes over to Josh and I, and- we're both very, we're all very similar. He's very similar to the both of us. And we're just like, fuck this guy. Like, what's this guy up to? And he's like, hey, guys. And we're like, yeah, what? Stop right there. I'm going to guess your names. Oh, motherfucker. Santa Claus. <laughs> <We're just> like, <laughs> no, exactly. We're just like, Ugh. he's like, your name is Justin. And your name is Dustin. <laughs> like, <laughs> and we're both just like. A, because we're hungover. Yeah. And B, because we're just like, I don't got time for this. Like, we both lived in New York a long time. We're like, we don't have time for your fucking... We're like, no, that's not our names. What's your name? And we say it. And he's like, oh, okay. So he goes back to his... Again, what I told you his booth was. Go back. That was his game to get our names. We fell for the trap. We gave him our names. Now he has our names. Oh, shit. And now he's got his little gypsy curse on us both. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I told you he empties out his dum-dum suckers on this faux lamb's wool. And then he comes over with one, like, thumb, index finger, rest of them extended, like a villain, <laughs> with this tiny sucker. Tiny sucker! And he goes right towards Josh. And he goes, I have something for you. Under his nose, towards me. And he's like, not for you. Uh, and then gives it to me and it's a butterscotch dum dum and i was like oh, okay cool thanks dude and then he he, he shimmies away and josh is like don't eat that that's poison oh yeah yeah it's yeah. like oh yeah oh yeah no i'm not eating that i guess so now you gotta tell him what he's selling so he sets up his stuff and as i said it's books yes so he did. sets up a little something that is a box and then on top of this lamb's wool is fucking serial killer clown polka dots. Like okay. just multicolored, just like round multicolored polka dots. So you mm-hmm. have this table, lamb's wool, covered with candy. The only other accentuation points are these, this clown skin, basically. <laughs> yeah. And on top of that is his book. Called bodily fluids, beautiful, and it's a fucking toilet full of blood. What? Yep. The cover Ugh. is a drawing of a toilet bowl that has chunky blood in it, and kind of have has sprayed on the bowl in various portions. No, it's not even. A, you know what? It's, like it's I, blood. I see your face on, so you're like, uh. That's tasteless. No, it's more tasteless than that. It's really bad Photoshop of a real toilet with really poorly, terrible, like irony blood and chunks. All that all that needs to make it me feel more queasy than I already do at that 
is a roach floating on a tampon mm-hmm. and Willy Wonka giving a kid in the hu- a hug in the background, and then I might uh, throw up. You're almost close. So that guy sets up his booth? That's the sequel. <laughs> sets up his booth, and then he, like, time has passed, and the con has started. There are people coming and going, and he slithers up to me, and he goes, I'm stepping away from my booth. If somebody wants something, it's $10. And I go, cool, then I'll charge him 12 And he went, then you charge him. That's what I was going to say. Like, <laughs> I beat him to his own crappy joke. You got you. You reading this guy's mind? I don't know who's Claus and who. <laughs> he was close. <laughs> and then he left, and I didn't see him all day long. Huh. His kid was there, though? No, the kid gone, too. What? The guy set up his booth, set up his shitty books, on his shitty clown skin, and then just put candy on the booth and left. <laughs> left. That's in the most. Yeah, the it's like a pedophile trap. No, it totally was because, because Casey kept saying, "I came and he was just like, I looked at the table, I was like, oh, that's what dum dums, and I look over, I'm like, oh, holy Jesus, and they're like, yeah, you don't know the half of it. And Casey said that kids had been coming over and they see the candy. Yeah. And they they go over and they're like, oh, look, candy. And a parent is like, oh, let's see what this is. Oh, my Jesus. And then they see a bloody shit-filled toilet. <laughs> right. It is a pedophile's trap. Because the only people who stop at that table are children and, no offense, simpletons. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been right there. I'd have given you 12. You'd have even talked me into paying too much. <laughs> it would have said $10 on the back and I'd have given you more. And I said, ooh, so look was, at this. Clean lines of this photo shoot. Hans would have been blood? like, how much for the whole booth? This man is a genius. I uh, uh, I just heard of like something. But what, what does he gain out of that? By Does he just kind of watch and see like from a distance? Like, all right, there's a kid to get a hold of. I nope. said there had to be a, like it was like a hidden camera type of, you know, what will people do if they see this? And and Casey and Josh thought I was crazy. And I was like, no, this has to be some type of weird art thing that we don't get. Oh, no, and we sat there. And that's the thing about like a Comic Con booth. Like it is fun, but it is a long fucking haul. It's, it's exhausting. It's eight hours. You're sitting there. Oh, sure. So he and I are old friends and we have fun hanging out. Like you and I would at a booth, but there comes a point where you and I, like, we're comfortable around each other. You just sit in silence. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he had his MacBook, he had his... Uh, I was going to say... Surfa- but, but, Surface Pro, like, he was doing art. Like, he was drawing and sketching, and I was, like, writing in a notebook. We were just kind of sitting there, but every single time there was a lonely conversation, my periphery was a fucking clown polka dot. <laughs> right. Wool skin... And I, by the end, it was like that fucking bloody toilet was on my shoulder. You every time I looked up, I saw this thing. And every moment we had, we were like, where is this guy? What is his scam? Where is he going? What's he doing? I'm going to look. You, you didn't get a free copy of bodily fluids? Oh, he, he came up to me at one point and was like, hmm. And he, he does the like Chris Farley, like flirty fat guy thing, like. Finger on the lip. <laughs> you know that like, oh, I like this stuff you have. It looks great. How much is it? Oh, this is a. And I'm this... like, well, it's six. Oh, yeah. Didn't it, he ask if you do it, trades? It's six dollars for a book. Or if you want the set, it's 20. 
And he went, mm, Tony, that's a lot. I'll have to make some money. Do you do trades? And then he kind of like, sort of, you know, like, sort of gives me the book, like, look, the book. And I was like, no, no, I don't do trades. It's 20 bucks. And he went, I guess I'll be back if I make some money. Um, this, uh, so do you think this son of his is actually his son? Well, that's the thing. We sat, I'll look up his name because it was so long. We sat there and we speculated because the dude didn't come back all of Saturday. He set that booth up and fucking left. Yes. So we are left, Ashley, Josh, and I, to our own dreams and schemes of what could possibly be this man's motive. Right, of and course. And you see that booth and it looks like a fucking Joker trap. It really <laughs> does. Like, it was like an evil clown. It got to the point where at what point we were just sitting in silence and Josh looked over at me. We looked at her watch and went, I think that thing is a bomb. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, no, I think I agree. Gas bomb. I was like, it's going to go off at 559 because it closes at six. And I was like, that's part of his plan. He just made us sit here all day and this thing's going to blow up in our face. And then it always devolves into ba doom 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 doom, and he's just a fucking Joker. It's a Joker bomb. <laughs> and you know what? When he uh, after that that old gas bomb went off, they go around and he puts a new cat in town. They'll at least come to your booth and he'll go, Bob, Bob, I like this one. And at least he won't slice up your art. So yeah, we hung out. We came home and like Ashley had hung out and then thankfully left to go. Join the ranks of normal people, like <laughs> live for a while. Like we looked him up. This man is a ghoul and a specter on the internet. What's his? Uh... His other book is about a shemale shaman who eats Taco Bell. Oh my god! Yeah, or some nonsense. So we came back and we were all just like drained and weary. And Josh was looking him up online, and he was like, "I can't find him." Is this him? And we found these pictures of the guy we thought was him. And it was even creepier. It was like a naked bearded guy making breakfast. It was so weird. <laughs> Gross. Yeah, no. It devolved to the point where we gave this guy such a great serial killer supervillain persona. It was just his angle is he lulls you in, traps you tortures you to the point of where you're like i give up i surrender i'll do whatever you want and then he just kills himself in front of you and you're like why why (laughs) kill me why you he's like (laughs) that's the uh, joys of of having a great imagination you guys just by him showing up and leaving that's like anarchy that's war holy and anarchist art like just by doing that, he just allowed your your uh, minds to create this amazing narrative, whereas actually his real life is he lives in some basement apartment and he yeah. fucking has to, like, fling cat shit out of his cereal before he eats it in the morning. Because <laughs> he, he did, and I will say not to bury the lead, he came back on Sunday and sadly sat there like the rest of us. Our villain laid low. He's just a fucking <laughs> nerdy weirdo. Well, maybe like stuff. Maybe he just got it all out. Like you know, he got his you know child murder out, and then you know it's like anything. 
coming back to a, a double pump weight surprise. You know, once you once you release, you just Welcome get sad sack world, and sit Dahmer. behind some lambskin. Dahmer's always got to go back to the chocolate factory. Or maybe he set up his booth and then he went to the bathroom and, you know, something startled him and he cut his finger really horribly and he knew instead of going back to the booth, he should go to the hospital and get it taken care of like an adult. Am I going to become a supervillain? Yes. (laughs) A weird one? A weird child abducting one? The weirdest one. I probably would be the weirdest. I, I like, yeah, that's the thing. Uh, you got the glasses. Someday, as I'm sharing a cell with Brandon, da- as I'm sharing a cell with Brandon Dancy, uh, both of you talking about how you wish you could see WrestleMania. Exactly. Exactly. They'll listen back to this and they'll be, they'll be like, "That guy was saying other people were weird." He has no right. You have no, no right, sir. I think. Yeah. By the by, this time, I've given up literally all rights to everything. Like anything I say now and forever can be refuted. Like, no, you don't have a right I, to say that. No Ashley right. Ashley and I, like, you are in the same camp as Ashley and I. Like, we watch too much murder shit. Oh, man. We were watching Forensic Files last night, and, like, I'm shouting at the iPad like a fucking kook with, <laughs> like, you know, like, you were. Al- aluminum in my hair. I was like, why the FBI first? Why'd they go to the FBI first? Why? <laughs> this is Colorado Springs. John Bonet just happened. I was like, you know too much useless stuff. Oh, I and not only that, like Take yes, a break, ex- Dad. Go to bed. Exactly. Put your Cassius Ono jersey on. Tie that braided belt too tight around those dad jeans and take a nap. <laughs> uh <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm, I, I do the same thing. Like I get furious at like forensic files or cop shows, but it's like, it just shows how unethical of a human being I am. And we talked about this. I I forget on, uh, when, which episode, but if we would be like a defense attorney or a prosecuting attorney. And I said, I take defense because, you know, I want to use like all of my abilities to get people that are getting screwed over off. But at the same time, I can watch a forensic files and know for a fact or any any crime show know for a fact this person's guilty and they did it. But as soon as they get in the interrogation room, I'm shouting, lawyer up, lawyer up, get a lawyer. Because because I want I cannot believe these people. All they need to do is say, I want a lawyer. And then the cops can't talk to them. And like the shows that we watch, like the first 48 or anything like that. It's like as soon as those cops get going, I'm like, oh, they're going to break this motherfucker down. And sure enough, they do it. And the kid's guilty. Like, this, uh, it's a bad person. He's a, it's a murderer or something. But I'm still like, get that motherfucking lawyer, man. These cops are taking advantage. No, they're getting a murderer off the street. Oh, yeah. It's like, I don't know if you've read the book. Like, Ashley and I both read it. It's one of my favorite books of all time. Is it Homicide? It's Homicide. Oh, God. It's the best and the worst. It's, it's amazing. Dan Simon, the creator of The Wire and the TV show Homicide, which is what the book is based off. It's called Homicide, A Life in the Killing Streets. I don't know. He's, a, report, he's a reporter for the Baltimore Sun. And basically, it's the early 90s? Late 80s, early uh, it 90s? It was late 80s, I believe. Fiction, uh, nonfiction? Nonfiction. nonfiction. Oh, totally nonfiction. Okay. It's right. the book is fucking amazing. He is a crime reporter for the Baltimore Sun and he spends one calendar year with the homicide detectives in Baltimore. Oh, amazing. 
and it's in the transition from 80s to 90s. So it's like all of these older cops who are great, amazing murder detectives as they kind of age out and the beginning of the crack era, the beginning of Baltimore becoming more black, crime becoming more drug related. Yeah. Well, and also with new political people coming in and having different quotas and different demands, it really shows, you know, because you can watch a TV episode and you're like, well, they really kicked their feet doing this or they arrested the wrong guy and, and seen the bureaucratic bullshit that they have to deal with. Like you could get fight. You could be the best detective on the force. And if you can't clear a certain amount of cases in a month, you're you're out. Gotcha. Yeah. And it's so it's that you have to kind of pick and choose your battles and how much you invest And the best detectives sometimes either just randomly don't get assigned, you know, the hardest case or it's simply like. I'm working on this other bullshit thing or I'm filing paperwork. So it, they don't, you know, there, there's no method to the madness. And it's just whoever catches it, catches it. And he doesn't like cherry coat any of it. And there's a, there are a couple scenes. Like there's one scene in which there, a bunch of the detectives, <clears throat> this like uh, white beat cop basically is just walking the beat in this rough part of Baltimore during the day. And someone comes up and shoots him in the face. Oh, Jesus. Just plain as day, he just gets shot in the yeah. face. And this had happened for years, so finally this thing is coming to trial. And they have the guy, and they have the thing, and the, the guy's on the mend, but they're in court. And the cop ends up winning only because the jury is like, oh, it's it's Memorial Day holiday. Uh-huh. If we don't con- make a decision right now, we're not going to get home in time. So they don't... like. This cop ends up, it ends up working for him, but not for the right reasons. It's just because the jury's like, ah, we, we want to get out of here and go celebrate this holiday. Let's, and I, then, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, no. It was just, uh, just one more thing about it. The other kind of main story the that they follow, it's, um, it's this murder that happens of this young girl and it really affects the community and it's, you know, horrific of, of what happened. And, you know, I won't go into details, but basically they know who did it and this they can't fucking prove it. It's like he's got a, he's the and fish they know man. It. Everybody like knows. a super villain. And the cops try to. They do everything in their in power. In the book, they try to scumbag this guy and prevent him from getting a lawyer because they have this information and they're like, if we can get him to confess this one thing or change his timeline, if we can just get him to change his timeline, we we can get him, we can get it, we can get it. And he it's so it's like that lawyer up thing because it's like you read that and you're like, fuck you say it doesn't matter what you did. Say, I want a fucking lawyer. Yeah, I but you read you. that book and you're like. If they had an extra hour. Got him. Like, if they could have got this guy. Yeah, it really could have gone to, and, you know, certainly, obviously, we weren't there, but the way that Simon writes it, it really is like, would five more minutes, could that have done it? Could that have done it? Like, five more minutes. And, and you, it's plausible. They were trying to get him for one murder, and there are the series of him having killed all of these girls. Like, all these girls have gone missing. And they're slowly figuring out it may be bigger, and like they just can't the get it. And spoiler alert. Oh.
I said spoiler I'll alert. Bleep, yeah, I'll bleep that for the audience, but I haven't read that book. Jeez. Stick it's what to the jerk show off Homicide jokes. was based off of. That's our next TV show spinoff, Homicide. Homicide. Um, I, you know, that that's funny you mentioned that thing about the, the jury because, the, uh, well, I've since been called to jury duty, but the first time I got called to jury duty in New York, I was living in Manhattan, so I had to go downtown to Manhattan Court. I don't know. It's down on, like, Center Street or something. And I was in there, and it just so happened it was um, – the day before Thanksgiving break, I think it was Thanksgiving. It was oh, that's right. I, we were living together because you were like, I've got fucking out of it, man. Yeah, Love I it. just went there and we we're all sitting there and they like go through the spiel. Like if you're selected, you have to serve for this long. Or if you're selected on this case, it, it it's indefinite, blah, blah, blah. If you get called this and that, if you have a reason, I'm just going, fuck, fuck, fuck. Like everybody else, right? No. Uh, and then like the next announcement is just. Um, none of the judges showed up, so everybody can go. Cause they just like, they just took a long, like they took an extra day for the holiday. So they're like, you don't have to serve for eight years. Oh, I, I served in Brooklyn. Did you ever have to do jury duty, dear? Never. It hasn't changed since night court. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, cause I, I, maybe it was different in the city, but like we go downtown Brooklyn, you come in. I got there early because I'm a a Midwestern show up early, leave late type of person. Half of the people <laughs> showed up like 20 minutes late. And I was like, you can do that. Oh yes. Yes. Of course. Of course. Because you miss the fucking nineties era, Star Trek next generation lo-fi. Here's what you, it means to be a citizen. Here's what it means to serve on jury duty. Right, right. Yeah. You're uh, any listener holiday. anywhere doing jury duty. When you're there, don't help anyone do anything because and this is my night court New York type of thing. Like I'd filled out my paperwork. I had a pen in my pocket because I always have a pen. Yeah. Because I'm a nerd and I always take notes about things. Yep. Yep. So I filled out my and turned my jury card and turned it in. So then and it's like the most Andy Kaufman-esque sort of Eastern European guy. It's like, uh... He came up with his card and I was like, oh, do you need a pen? And he was like, oh, yes, thank you. And he starts filling it out. And then he starts asking me. He's like, I can't I cannot be here. And mm-hmm. I was like, excuse me. He's like, I can't surf today. I have work. I have children. I have. And he's giving me this laundry list. I was like, uh, you know, you can have my pen. You can use my pen. You fill out the card. And he's like, but you don't understand. And I was like, I am not a lawyer. Like, yes. Right. I'm yeah. Did you nerd. get roped tra- into to, to Dan Fielding him? I represented him in Brooklyn court in Penn court. <laughs> I got him on a jury duty. I, uh, I was just at jury duty. I got dismissed and then through a clerical air immediately called back to jury duty in which, so I got called to grand jury duty for those of you that don't know. I think I talked about it. So if, if I said it, I'll, I'll speed through it, which means you have to go serve for a minimum of 20 days and grand jury. Just basically you sit in on cases and decide whether it's actually going to go to a case. Um, and the reason I was uh, dismissed is because the way it works is they pay you for all your time there, but through laws and all this stuff, certain employers have to pay for a portion or all of it. And the courts know that, and they have the coffers, so they only want to select the jurors based on the employers that will pay them versus the people that won't. And I'm self-employed, so I would get no. I, they would have to pay me for all of it, so I got dismissed. And then immediately 
they messed up. When you get dismissed for grand jury, you're not quite off the hook because within the next year you can be called for regular jury duty. Well, I got called back for grand jury and I called them. I said, Hey, this is a mistake. And their answer was, Oh yeah, that is a mistake. Sorry. <laughs> Good luck. And like, so I come on in. There's nothing that's a mistake. They recognize the mistake. They said it's the mistake and they said, now live with it. Like you're in the system. So I have to go back. But circling back to what you were talking about, I was sitting next to a guy and I was there like, again, like I'm working on my own now. So I'm not, I do have like deadline stuff I'm working on, but I'm not stressed out about like one missing work. Not that I'd give a fuck about that, but also like, uh, do I have to be at work later today? I had nowhere to be. So fuck it. Um, and also at the same time, I, I thought they dismissed you based on other stuff and I've still got an active like case going on with like when I got hit by my bike my brother-in-law soon to be brother-in-law as a cop like all these things I'm like they're not gonna pick me anyway the guy next to me has the opposite he's um uh uh I I, I he told me where he's from maybe I'm from Chad or something but uh, uh he's a uh, you're not supposed to say immigrant what am I supposed to say he's a guy who emigrated American He's a guy who emigrated. Why is immigrant a bad word? I th- think yeah. it is. I'm not sure. Um, oh, no. Illegal immigrant's a bad word. So anyways, he emigrated over. Oh, that's an alien. Yes. You don't say illegal alien. Um, anyways, he was, I was offered him a candy. I was like, do you want a candy? And this guy was so stressed out. Like, as I looked over at him, just beady sweat coming down his forehead. And he's like, I can't take a candy. I can, I can barely swallow that's how stressed he was because he's like, if I get called for jury duty. Hold on, but I, I have a question really quickly. So he, to clarify, well, number one, I said alien is like, hey, that's what you can't say, not that's what I call them. But number two, so he's an illegal immigrant. How did... Im- no, he's not illegal. He's not gracious. illegal. Emigrant. Just oh, immigrant. Oh, okay. That's, that's okay. it. An immigrant is all right. I was right like, how did he get called for jury duty? <laughs> that's why they were going to they were gonna ice him. Anyways, he was just like, if I get like these 20 days, we're going to like annihilate him he wasn't going to be able to like pay his bills so that shit is fucking stressful it's a horrible way like to run the judicial system fill a box with a bunch of people that don't want to be there that are stressed out that want to leave as soon as possible these are the people that are going to decide your fate whether you're going to get dancing or not i I mean that's not a new idea but like let's carve some of that wasted money out to like if you do jury duty you should make more than fucking minimum wage. Right, exactly. Like, yeah, make exactly. Make $12 an hour. Like, make it appealing. Make it not be a punishment. Then you're going to get people who actually will give you a fair and balanced answer because they're like, oh, okay. Yeah, no, it's, it's a real... It's like what any capitalist system doesn't understand. Like, the more... I just watched that Michael Moore documentary uh, where he goes to, like, different countries and sees what works well within their government. And it's like every, and it's predominantly European, but some uh, uh, near Eastern, Middle Eastern places. But like the the consensus is like, pay your workers a fair wage and give them a more vacation. You get the opposite result of what you think in this country. You get more uh, output, more productivity. Yeah, there's more productivity. That's just bottom line. You end up making more money by paying your 
people more. It just <laughs> mathematically doesn't seem to make sense, but it completely works. And we don't do it over here. We pay people less. They get pissed off. They don't work hard. It's the same as jury duty. You're going to pay them nothing. They're not going to want to be there. They're going to see you on trial for uh, attempted murder of your Thanks wife in a bathroom. asshole. Yeah, and they're going to fucking convict you because it's your fault that you're, they're there. Yeah, like rewatching that people versus oj simpson like people wanted to be on that jury oh yeah god people I were clamoring to do that community service like oh, Lord. why not make that the same for every case well yeah i, I mean, mean you could make an argument that they may drag it out longer but not at, like i'm not saying pay 50 dollars an hour right yeah yeah just regular just regular i'm just saying make it for if someone it, it's not like the guy from chad like he's not freaking like Make it worth his fucking while. Like, he's not going to lose his family and his business if he doesn't show up. Maybe he just didn't really didn't want to serve jury duty. That guy's really playing a fine line, huh? I mean, it's a slippery slope. Like, you know, I, I don't know the solution to it. But another problem, you know, from a hotel end, like, we had our main engineer got oh, called yeah. for jury du- duty and was out for two weeks. So we lost our head engineer at oh, a yeah. 24-hour business, like a property. Like... It's a hu- it affects so many things. There, there's a reason for everybody to not participate. I, I mean, for me, it's the scheduling. Yeah, but there's a pool of people out there who are who could do it as long as it was. Oh didn't yeah, ruin totally. their lives. Like while I lived in New York, until until the last few jobs I had, I would have much gladly, as opposed to go to fucking Pinkberry. Oh yeah. Put me on the trial of the century. Fuck. Please, <laughs> Jesus. It is a it is still like yeah, jury duty It's a sucks, godsend. But give me that uh jury duty titular name, Polly Shore. Give me a chance to serve on a jury where they sequester me. Where it's basically the same way I fetishize prison without like the um the severe beatings and near death and shivings and rape that I would experience being the person I am. But give me the opportunity for having some solitary confinement with just a stack of stack of Stephen Kings and the toilet. <laughs> I like I, I dream of I dream of genie like that sounds amazing. And then you get out on your work order to do a comedy show in they, Queens. They, and they only give me I only have to deal with one hour of physical fitness a day. It sounds amazing. Trading Mountain ramen noodles for <laughs> blowjobs. <laughs> Although, yeah, I'd like, packets, to, I'd like to key. see the freak on the other end that I can dominate for a blowjob. You know what I mean? <laughs> that must be like the weakest person on the planet. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that's the thing about being so obsessed with those crime shows. Like you watch of those, enough of those locked up. They run out of people to talk to and they get that one guy who has half his teeth. Yeah. And he's just like, yeah, man, I'm OK. I just do this thing. I'm in the gay prison. Like, I watched one where a guy was like, I'm locked up in here because I told him I was gay. And I was sick of getting beat up by people because I said I was gay. And he's just like in this weird, like, podunk small version of prison. And I was like, what? so he, so What's he's in that? gay jail? Like, it was, it's not me. I didn't, it was locked up. Locked that gay up? jail for, should be for, gay jail is like an expression for somebody that uh, still refuses to accept like their sexuality. That guy's in gay jail. <laughs> that guy's in a real gay jail. <laughs> Which is true. Just, 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 just confess, man. Just be gay and go to prison. Guys, I gotta go, um, I gotta go move some workout equipment. 
I gotta go to gay jail. I gotta go to work out gay jail. Well, I guess that's uh you wanna give it the uh no, 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 take the reins. That's an hour. There you go. Sucked. Nice. We love you and you can't do anything about it. Oh, that's very sweet. I like it. Now go to gay jail, you people <laughs> from <laughs> Chad. <laughs> you dirty prostitute. I don't know where Chad came from. <laughs> jerk practice, jerk practice. Sketch boys love to reminisce. Yeah. Oh no, oh no, oh no. Dead man. Real quick, cause I'm probably gonna play too much of this track And that might be copyright infringement That is why I'm joining in just for a little bit here Just in case they think that we are Ian Jerks We'll give them a little promo, watch the WWE Oh no, also don't to us, oh, oh, here is the rest of the song now. Thought I was gone, but I'm still here now. I think this track's good. Cassius Ona wears baby briefs.
Easter egg. Go to soraspy.com. HK Fry, see the stupidest articles online. Easter egg. Thank you, Ashley Ash, for the episode. Also, Henning, feel better, and thanks, Allison, for previous helps. We love you. Nothing you can do about it. Thanks to our new sponsor, WWE. Dad Man out.